Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you join us for the Big Red Bench. We have a lot to get through over the next hour. It's been a very, very busy day. Going to wrap up all today's GAA action, including victories for Limerick and Galway this afternoon. That Galway game was an absolute cracker. More on that in a little bit. Going to hear from uh, John Myler and John Consign after wins for the Cork Seniors and Miners against Waterford last night. Going to talk to Cork Camogie star Jim O'Connor she prepares for another championship summer uh, with the Rebels and we're going to wrap up all today's Fela action as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Really glad you could join us, Rory and Ryan here with you until 7pm this evening. If you want to get in touch, our number 086-8104-106 on text and on WhatsApp and at Big Red Bench on Twitter as well. Also on the show tonight, going to hear from Conor Horahan following uh, the one-all draw at Denmark and looking ahead to the Gibraltar game tomorrow night. I'm going to hear from uh, Kerry's David Clifford as we begin our build-up to the Munster football final between Cork and Kerry in a fortnight's time. That's all to come between now and 7pm this evening. Kicking off the show though, the one, the only, the one-legged Ryan Grace. <laughs> Thank you very much, Roar. Yeah, like you say, plenty of action, plenty of Gaelic game action this afternoon. Reigning All-Ireland champions, Limerick, they have thrashed Clare to keep alive their Lee McCarthy defence I think this, earlier on you might have described it it said it looked like a training it match it did there. look like a training game it was like uh, a game it has to be considering the accompanying intensity of Galway and Kilkenny uh, in the, the game at 2 o'clock to go from that just to see Limerick basically it, it was a massively disappointing performance from Clare watch them turn it on now against Cork next week just watch it just watch <laughs> of course of course yeah the Treaty County walked away from the LIT Gaelic grounds with a 128 to 13 points victory that's in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, of course. It was Aaron Gillan scored the goal for John Kiley's side. Now, elsewhere, Galway have moved to the top of the Leinster Hurling Championship round robin after a hard fought win over Kilkenny. Now, this was a fantastic game. We had this on in the background here inside in studio, and it was just brilliant. Trisman held on. They got a three goal, 20 points win to two goals and 22 points. It was an entertaining encounter indeed at Nolan Park. Connor Whelan, Brian Concannon, and Johnny Cohn, of course, scored the goals, and it, it was just brilliant. Three red cards. Kilkenny lost Paul Murphy and Jer Aylward to two yellow cards each and the Galway defender John Hanbury was shown a straight red for a high challenge so incredibly actually and I, I couldn't believe this it's the first time Kilkenny have lost at home in the championship since 1949 yeah incredible stuff and it's 70 years you can keep your text saying Rory you were at that game uh, to yourselves if you don't mind uh, we get a full time report now from Matt Moore at Trasny Kellogg full time Kilkenny 2-22 Galway 3-20 some games go down in the annals this will be one of them action from beginning to end five goals three sending offs and some fantastic hurling the second half goal after Conor Whelan flicked it to Jason Flynn then on to Concannon was a major turning point it came just after Kilkenny's Paul Murphy was sent off for two yellows and it was up to the Cats to find an answer they did as they intercepted a long puck out and TJ Reid ran at Colm Callanan hammering a goal closing the gap to three. Galway kept their nose in front, but Cody's charges never made it easy for them, clawing back to within a point. Galway take the spoils here, but only just. Full time, Kilkenny 2.22, Galway 3.20. Yeah, absolutely nail-biting stuff there. Now elsewhere, reigning All-Ireland football champions Dublin. They've had a comfortable win today over Kildare in the Leinster Championship semi-final at Croke Park. Jim Gavin's side running out 26 points to 11 their winners in Croke Park. All, uh, all the reports on Twitter saying again, just like a training match uh, for Dublin, very, very comfortable winners okay. this afternoon. Yeah, of course, they'll, fa- they'll face Meath now in the decider after they bet Leash by 3.13 to 11 points. So a lot of walkovers here, you could <laughs> yeah. say. Uh, the Royals' goal came from Mickey Newman, of course, and a brace from Brian Menton. Now, action from the Ulster Football Championship. Uh, yeah, Cavan and Armagh going head-to-head in this one. And uh, a first uh, Ulster final appearance for Cavan in 18 years after their win over Armagh. 23 points to 17 uh, in favour of Cavan. Uh, Fantastic stuff 
off indeed. So yeah, first uh, Ulster final for them in 18 years. I'm sure the entire entire county will be descending on that final. So. They'll all be there, I'm sure, absolutely. Monaghan, Westmead, Longford and Down, they've all progressed to round two of the Ireland, All-Ireland football qualifiers. Fermanagh, Waterford, Carlo and Tipperary have all been knocked out. In fact, Tipperary football manager Liam Carnes, he's confirmed he's stepping down from the role after that loss. The Premier County's lost to Down in the first round of the football qualifiers there. Now, Carnes did guide tip footballers to the All-Ireland semi-final in 2016. He says he's proud of what the players have achieved in his time in charge. I think they've done a fantastic job for different areas. They're tremendous ambassadors, all of them, for their families, for their clubs, for their for their county. And, um, you know, I'm tremendously proud of what we've achieved over the last three years. Obviously, this year, it didn't go well for us because we just didn't get a break. But I do think they can, if they stick together, they can come again moving along to football now. Plenty of footballing action as well. The Republic of Ireland under-21s. They've qualified for the semi-finals of the Toulon tournament for the first time ever. Stephen Kenny's side, they've progressed from Group C after a 1-0 win over Bahrain. and They'll face either Brazil or Japan in the last four. Now Wolves midfielder Conor Ronan, he found the back of the net following a deflected free kick. So that's been a great start uh, to the Stephen Kenny era. Two wins and uh, a draw and uh, playing some very nice football as well. Haven't seen an awful lot of them from what I have seen over the past week. It's uh, similar to, the, I suppose, the way that Dock have been playing some very nice football all in the deck. And uh, they can be compact and very defensive when they want to be as well. Uh, very, very prom- promising signs uh, for um, the Ireland under-21s, especially considering this tournament is actually an under-23s tournament as well. And Ireland have put in the under-21 team um, because they don't have an under-23 team, obviously. But, um, yeah, very, very impressive performance. So to get to the semi-final, no mean feat whatsoever. Absolutely, yeah, especially when Stephen Kenny's poised to take over Mick McCarthy after the next year. Now, it's a weird not, situation. It is a weird it? situation. It is a weird situation because Mick probably doesn't want him to, <laughs> to do that well, but you, you know. Yeah, and Mick also thinks if I do well and I get turfed out in two years for Stephen Kenny, what's that saying? It's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Yeah, it's a bit all over the place. Anyway, well done to them. Republic of Ireland boss Mick McCarthy, like I said, now he says tomorrow's your 2020 qualifier against Gibraltar represents a different challenge for the side. The boys in green, they'll be aiming to secure a th- their third win in four for Group D when the Minows visit the Aviva Stadium. Now, of course, they had that impressive draw against Denmark the other night. He admits his sides are favourite, which is in contrast to Friday's draw against Denmark. As we saw in Gibraltar, we saw how stubborn uh, they were, and you know they've got the threat, of course, corners and free kicks. But for Darren Randolph, a magnificent save would have been one 0 down from a free kick, a corner kick. So we have to we have to be careful. Yeah, considering that game against Gibraltar now uh, a couple of months back now, the plays in that uh, plastic pitch next to a runway, an airport <laughs> runway, uh, basically in, in Gibraltar. Different circumstances. Yeah, I think the, I think the wind was the man of the match in that one really, as far as I can remember. Similar to playing up in uh, Everton Park as while well, you're playing next to an airport, you're on a hill, lots of wind. Yeah. Um, pitch is better in Everton Park though. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now earlier today, the Nation Cup third place playoff, which probably in my opinion sounds like the least appetising football match on earth <laughs> and it wasn't far off yeah and you know what they played it out in true style to that as well yes England bet Switzerland on penalties after a scoreless draw in normal and extra time one thing I don't get right this is a meaningless tournament why are they playing extra time just go straight to penalties give I the people know. what they want yeah exactly yeah and I, I think after 90 minutes of that the pe- what the people didn't want was another, <laughs> another half an hour. Half an hour yeah. <laughs> so, but fair play to England. They 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 hung on in there and they bet Switzerland there in the end. Portland and Netherlands facing off in the final, of course, at seven forty-five this evening. Actually, the best thing about that England and uh, Switzerland game was that Jordan Pickford, the uh, Everton goalkeeper, took one of the penalties and he absolutely buried it and he celebrated like he'd won the World Cup. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play. Now, plenty of women's World Cup action today as that continues of course Italy beating Australia 2-1 earlier on and Brazil actually beating Jamaica by 3-0 now at 5 o'clock England kicked off against Scotland I believe it's 2-all at the or sorry 2-0 yeah 2-0 to it. England uh, 52 minutes on the clock Nikita Paris with a penalty after 14 minutes Ellen White uh, scoring after 40 minutes so England uh, well placed there in that game yeah, the Lioness is in the driving seat there now in tennis action Rafa Nadal he's won the French Open for the 12th time we were only saying here yesterday how 
well poised he is yeah. on the clay just he loves it um, now it wasn't quite as straightforward as his victory last year against Dominic Team. Team did take a, the second set off him um, it, it, it went to four and sets you're thinking, go on, give us a battle give us a battle because we had it on here as well and we were kind of like watching that watching the hurling watching the football we had a lot to watch today yeah. we do actually do some work in here you know, as well that, see <laughs> again this does count as work it's research for the show need to watch all these matches absolutely vital that I watch these matches before the show absolutely absolutely Ro- 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 Hagen, the king of the multi-screen <laughs> over there but yeah no uh, Rafa took the, the first set 6-3 you're thinking is this going to be a repeat of last year but team came along he won the second set 7-5 and you're thinking okay well there might be a bit of a fight here but then uh, Rafa winning out the third and fourth set there 6-1 6-1 so not much of a mm. fight there from team afterwards unfortunate but look he did well to get to the final. Nadal is just a phenom he's incredible uh, he's unbelievable Like he's unbelievable on the clay I looked over at one stage and he was just team had kind of given him like a, a backhanded lob that was just crawling mm. over the net and Nadal it was like Elsa from Frozen the way he she glides <laughs> through the snow <laughs> it's just like, he just rolled the clay into the net I can and, safely uh, say that's the first time Frozen has been referenced on this show <laughs> well yeah it was no it was very just, impressive just got let it go yeah I just <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> Where's the, uh, the but don't <laughs> we need a sound effect yeah, yeah. yeah. now in golf Roy McIlroy tied for the lead ahead of the final round of the Canadian Open he's uh, he shot a 6 under par around a 64 overnight to join Webb Simpson and Matt Kuchar on 13 under he says it's been very enjoyable so far the atmosphere that they've created at this tournament has been has been wonderful obviously everyone's in great spirits so yeah I'm, I'm excited to go out there to play in that atmosphere and um, someone just told me I think I've won 5 National Open so you know, try to add a sixth to that. Yeah, one shot behind the trio there is Shane Lowry, who shot a round of 66. Gray McDowell also in the hunt. He sits on eight under par after a level par three third round. Sebastian Vettel starts in pole position at the Canadian Grand Prix tonight with Lewis Hamilton alongside him on the front row. That action gets underway, of course, at 10 past seven Irish time. And finally, for now, the Cork Admirals have extended their winning run with a 28-14 win over the Dublin Rebels this afternoon. The win sees the Admiral move to 6-0 and on the season, so very impressive there. Next up, they host Belfast Knights on the 23rd of June. Yeah, congratulations indeed uh, to the Admirals and uh, thanks for that indeed. Ryan, we are going to start the show with uh, looking back on uh, the Cork victories yesterday, both the minor and the senior. We'll start with the minor, or the senior I should say, and their very impressive win over Waterford last night. Uh, Cork boss John Miner spoke to our man Mark Dynam. Yeah, look, um, it's a performance to match the performance against Limerick and, you know, to keep the impetus going, to get ready for Clare now on Sunday week. It's two points and that's really all it is. So we look forward to Clare now on Sunday week. And how important was it to guard against complacency coming in against a Waterford side that was already out of the Munster Championship? It, it was difficult. It was a bit surreal at times. It was a bit like the game last year in Turles where, you know, you were expected to win. You were expected to win comfortably and just go and play the game. But, you know, I was worried about that and the fact they had the game last Sunday against Limerick I was worried that we might be rusty we might be sharp enough and you know but the, the lads allayed my fears there in that in terms of giving a performance which matched the Limerick game and Patrick Horgan's early goal that got you off to the perfect start settled the stone and you know but that's what Horgan is there for and, and uh, he's a superb hurler really finished the goal well and you know took it well and we missed two or three chances then in the top end in the first half which we, we should have had another few goals but that's something that we, we need to work on and Alan Cadigan's goal like five minutes before half time that really kind of pushed you on gave you a bit of a, a gap that there showed, that showed the quality of Cadigan and you know his expertise and, and his ability and you know he really led the full forward line himself and Horgan there you know really really played well and you know what I mean it's vital to have Alan Cadigan fit in, you know in the full forward line how big a boost is it to have him back in the panel this year ah he's huge and the fact then his brother's full back you know it's great to have two brothers playing together and they want to play for each other they want to play for the team you know and he's the leader up there so hugely important and I made it tonight John 11 different scorers it must be very pleasing yeah but uh, you know the forwards are there to score that's their critical job the subs came on you know Kingston got a few scores Tim O'Manley got a few scores so you know what I mean they're all they're all critical everybody you know once we make the right decision how impressed are you with the second half performance Good. I'm, look, it's, it's two points for me. And you, you know, we're going to Clare now on Sunday week, and you know what I mean. That performance won't be good enough to be Clare, but we need to get that right now and get everything right now and and and, and take on Clare on Sunday week. And um, what was the three weeks off like? Difficult because 
you know you're, 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 you, you could do with a match to, to, to bring the, the impetus from the Limerick game forward which you really really wanted and you didn't ha- you lost you lost that impetus really and, and then going into the game then on, on, on tonight and you know the fact that you know Waterford had lost their three games and everyone was expecting us to win and you know that you know it's, it's, that's kind of challenging then more mentally than physically but uh, you know the lads responded with that performance and gave a huge performance tonight and John to keep that momentum from the Limerick win now three weeks later it must be very important tonight the job is over now you know there's going to be more more uh, momentum more intensity more work rate needed now you know to go to Ennis to be clear in Ennis is going to be extremely hard and tough but you know the lads have to accept that challenge now and another thing tonight, like you put up two thirty, but it was the response when Warford got their goals. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the pleasing aspect that when they scored the two goals we came back down and got you know, got really good scores at the time and you know it's a sign of you know, a maturity within the team, it's a sign of good decision making, so I'm happy with that. And Claire away next weekend. Opposition you know very well. Yeah, but played them in the last two Munster finals and playing clear at home is going to be extremely hard difficult challenging they have a match against Limerick tomorrow again another competitive game so look it's a fantastic Munster championship that's it and then it's always a really tough venue to go to as well yeah, but sure that's only in your head it's, it's tough in your head and if, if, if cock players go out and perform which we want them to do um, we need to perform now on uh, Sunday week yeah, fantastic performance uh, by Cork last night uh, and an impressive win as well. Uh, Dennis Hurley, uh, for sometimes of this parish, has uh, broken all down the uh, the permutations. If you want to see them, uh, go down on, uh, go to Dennis uh, Dennis's Twitter. He's at uh, Dennis underscore Hurley. Basically, um, tipping them right, clear on Cork next week. So if Cork win and Tipperary win, Cork will finish on six points. Tipperary will finish on eight points. If Cork win and uh, Limerick win, they'll all fi- Cork, Limerick, and Tipperary will all finish on six points. Scoring difference likely to be used then. Uh, Tipperary likely to be on top, uh, according to Dennis. He's brought it all down there. So if you want to see that at uh, Dennis underscore Hurley is the best place to see all the permutations heading into next weekend's action. Right, the miners all speeding Waterford yesterday. Mark spoke to uh, boss John Considine. Miss it maybe did first 20 minutes of the second half was excellent um, and otherwise we did okay we didn't work you know we weren't too bad but we weren't too good either and so getting bits and pieces uh, but we need to you know put more and more of that together if we're going to progress I suppose the key spell in the game was after the Waterford goal you hit the next three points after that yeah uh, they reacted well well look the one thing you would say about this side is um, they like the better the challenge, the better they play, um, which is a, always a, a good sign of young fellas. Um, so, you know, we'll, one party wants Claire to, you know, one, wants it to be in the melting pot next week. One party wants to be just getting to a monster final. But look, these guys, they reacted well and they, they were superb after halftime. So, like, as you say, after the goal for the next, I would say for the next 25 minutes was probably our best hurling. A level at half time, but you really seemed to up it in the second half. Yeah, um, you know, Luke came out there and got a score and kind of set the uh, the the lead. And he, he, we then tacked on a few more. And Paul was doing well inside. The guys seemed to realise that they were popping ball in the top of him. Guys were making the run, and uh, there was some great defending back to it. What do you think was different in the second half? Well, you see, when a team they pr- like the opposition when they're playing extra men back they're probably they're of the mindset that look oh we'll, we'll hold the score down for the first half etc they're going in thinking oh we're level we're level we're turning around with the wind um, but then when they come out you have to back that up and our guys had worked them hard in the first half so they knew what they had to do we've done it a couple, couple times now during the year where actually we've done better against the wind with, and against that type of a system than we've done with it if you know what I mean we seem to it's hard to know exactly. We seem to overcomplicate things sometimes. Um, and in the second half, it was more straightforward. They rolled up the sleeves and they went at them. And Dara Flynn hit some really good frees again today. He's been really good for you from play ball this year. Oh, like the last day, he was super. Got some great scores today. Maybe one or two from play. He, he got away from him. But look, um, he stood up there today. Now he took over the captaincy and uh, drove it on. And uh, we know, you know, we have another step now. We have another round and you know as of now we need to get something out of that or else we won't be making a monster final not quite there yet it's, it's two wins and a draw it'll all depend on as was Clare and Limerick now tomorrow 
Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> even before this, we were saying to the lads, look, it's in our own hands. Even if we lost tonight, we would still be almost... It would be in our own hands going to, to Cusick Park. Because if we won, those five points would have nearly got us there. These five don't. Um, but look, we, we, it's in our own hands, so it's up to ourselves to sort this out next week. Overall, it's been a really good start. Like you've had, you've had some really good performances, and any time like you've kind of backed to the wall, you've always like performed well. We have, uh, but you know they they're kind of fading already into the distance because you're we're only focused on next week. Because if you lose next week, you could be out, and then. You know, it's it's all the the good effort that they've put in will have got counter for nothing. Uh, Sean Considine there speaking to Mark Dynan after uh, yesterday's win over Waterford, and as he said, in their own hands, heading up to Clare next week, and that's all you really want. All right, uh, going to go back and talk about that uh, Galway and uh, Kilkenny game, an absolutely cracking encounter in the Leinster hurling championship this afternoon. Galway uh, emerging the victors uh, three twenty to two twenty two win in a cracking encounter at Nolan Park, and as you mentioned at the top of the show, the first defeat uh, for Kilkenny in the championship at home in 70 years going to hear now from our Galway boss Michal Donoghue speaking to the media afterwards and you suggested that you were expecting a performance and why did you get one we did absolutely but um, from inside in the camp and, and knowing the lads and look I've said this umpteen times you know look today is just a win it's no more than that we've a massive game again in six, six days time and we know that but there's huge trust and spirit in that group and in terms of where we're at you know maybe to the perception outside is that you know we need to get some lads back on the pitch you know different lads are at different stages and collectively right now we're, we're getting to where where we want to be in terms of having everyone we there's still loads of improvement there for us and, and getting lads up to the level we keep talking about getting everyone up to one level and, and we're on the way in that today was a massive game for us Coming down to Nolan Park, coming to play, you know, a great team in Kilkenny and, you know, when you come down here, your attitude and your work rate has to be top class and you have to match what, what Kilkenny are going to bring and, and I thought today the lads showed that in abundance and, and our hurling was uh, pretty good as well. You had a lot of great stars today, but Jonathan Dean and Thomas Centre forward in the second half and Cahill Manning all through were supreme. They were, yeah, but look, you know, they're, they're huge leaders. Johnny's a massive leader in this team and, you know, Cahill had a you know, great first half. You know, Paddy Deegan went on him and, and uh, you know, they had a great battle throughout the second half, but a, a great performance by, by him. But, you know, uh, I think in the overall, you know, the t- you have to give full credit to the team where I keep focusing we're always on the collective and, and that collective's got us through today I know you'd never know it from the position you were on the sideline in fairness to you Michal but uh, the, the feeling was that maybe there could have been another minute or two played I don't know look I, I think when the <coughs> there was a few frees at the end there you know we, we asked him I think you know I think maybe injury time crept up on us do you know what I mean and, and when he put up four minutes we were probably there pretty quick you know so thankfully for us in terms of Kilkenny I mean you did say coming in you were coming into a, a difficult spot here but leaving Kilkenny with a win is a, is a big boost for your team and where do you see this leaving Kilkenny now having to go to Wexford look it, for us and for Kilkenny you know today is just game game three you know I think in the build up to this game you know outside of each team you know this permutation's been given but today is just game three you know Kilkenny know if they go and get a result they're, they're through to the Leinster final and similar to us next weekend so you know we're not getting carried away it's a good a good performance good win because we needed it but you know we're not going to uh, dwell on it too long because we have a massive game now again in six days time Just game three though but what a game you, I say you'll remember this one for a long time We will but uh, look I have huge faith in these guys and huge trust and, and there's a huge spirit there so you know no matter what's you know, throwing at us, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense, but you know, these boys have a massive ap- appetite and a huge commitment to the cause. And you know, as long as I'm here, I'll never doubt that with them. It reminded me of the Galway of last year and two years ago. Like you said, didn't matter what was thrown, there was an answer. And I know you got a bit cranky with me a few weeks ago when I was saying, you know, you were missing Joe, but you didn't need him today. It was the collective. No, but it was the collective, and, and that's the thing, you know. And, and you know, in fairness to Joe, and testament to him, he's hit every marker. You know, he's back in training with us last week. You know, so he's given us a massive, massive lift to train as well. And, and you know, another big week this week for him now, and we'll see what happens. So you're very proud. Of course I'm proud. Of course I'm proud. Yeah, I'm proud of them. Like you know, but they always go out and, and empty the tank, and any day to do that, we're in with a shout. Yes, Michal Dunne, who they're speaking after uh, Galway's win over Kilkenny. Going to hear from the Cats boss now, Brian Cody. Brian Cody. Um 
tough day at the office, I suppose, despite it being a wonderful game of hurling. Yeah, it was. I'd say it was a very good game of hurling. I'd say for sure. Yeah, obviously a point in at the end. Um, both teams going at it strong the whole time, but that's that's the way it ended up. Yeah. I suppose one of the more controversial points was extra time at the end. Uh, people, I know we in the press box ourselves felt we were thinking we'd have a bit more time. Did you feel the same? Well, you had a time that I hadn't, but I mean, the fact that you're saying it tells the whole story there, I'm sure, Anna, because you know exactly what, what time should have been allowed. And so I wasn't following it as closely as that, but I think you've answered your own question. Well, not necessarily. It was just around two minutes in. It was 72 minutes something, I think, and then it was four minutes announced, and we were kind of confused. Was that four minutes from there or four minutes from there? So I assume you had no clarification either then. I had no clarification, but I know exactly what you're saying. Brian, how did you seek the Kenny there today? I mean, there was a one-point loss at the end, and we were very close to the finish, but the Kenny's performance throughout, we did let Galway in for some soft enoughish goals. Well, I'm not sure how soft they were, Nicky, to be honest. You know, um, we certainly were a man down there for a fair portion of the game, and I'm not sure how of the soft variety of them. Um, they're a very, very good team, as we all know, and that's the way it went. But, you know, we, we finished a point behind at the end, Huge battle, huge drive from the whole team the whole way through, and I would, I would be, I would have terrific credit for the players today. Given that uh, this was a very competitive game and that both teams were played very fairly, I think, and honestly, to see three players red card seemed very tough at the end of the game. Well, obviously, it's not me who should be asking those questions too, because I mean, again, like you mentioned with the timekeeping, you're confused at the timekeeping, you're confused with the cards as well. I'm equally confused. How would you describe the police performance generally? You don't say the red cards. You seem to have yes. a lot of goal. Well, I'm not going to comment on the referees because it's, it's ridiculous. That every question so far has been almost about the referee. You know, so you better go down and ask himself. In terms of Kilkenny, then, uh, Brian, the overall performance and uh, getting close to the field, TJ Reid was in immaculate form. But in terms of how you saw the rest of the team play and how would you assess it? Well, like I said, we're playing a very, very good team. We're a team with huge experience and, and, and great quality, and we lost again by one point. So it couldn't have been but other than a very, very good performance. Seems we played a fair bit of the game with a man short as well. So I would um, thought our players fought at a bitter end. That's all you can ever look for from a team. So I would have great credit for the players, like I said. So you have to go to Wexford now to you need to win if you want to be able to win the last five rounds. It's an old-fashioned. There's a championship game, knockout, knockout. Yeah, I mean, all, all hurlers are well, well used to playing knockout hurling, championship hurling, and it's, it's it's a great thing to be looking forward to. Look, it's round robin, you know. We've we've had one or two matches up to this. We lost today, and then we're going to the last game. And of course, both teams will want to win, and that makes it really, really something to look forward to. We have any players back? It's very, very difficult to say. Um, you know, lads are working right back, but. It's very, very difficult to say. I just don't know, to be honest yet. Six-day turnaround is tough aspiring given the competitiveness of today. That's for sure. It is, yeah. But, I mean, we're aware of it and we won't um, turn it into a negative ramp like that. We'll, we'll, our recovery starts immediately, you know, and that's, that's the way it'll have to be. And um, we'll just go ahead and get ready for it. Yeah, that's Brian Coley there, very downbeat after that uh, defeat to Galway this afternoon and they're not entirely happy with the referee's performance by the sounds of it there, uh, sending two uh, Kilkenny players off, um, playing probably not enough time added on at the end of the game. Um, so yeah, Coley not entirely happy following that defeat uh, to Galway today. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back and wrap up all today's Fela action and we're going to hear from Jim O'Connor as well. The Big Red Right, veteran Cork star Jim O'Connor set for another championship summer with the Rebels. O'Connor made her senior debut in 2002 and is getting ready to take on Clare in the opening round of the All-Ireland Championship on Saturday week against Clare. She spoke to Colin Duffy at the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Championship launch in Dublin. Um, I suppose, firstly, Gemma, hard to believe that the All-Ireland series is upon us. Munster's in the bag and now hopefully a long summer ahead. Yeah, um, I suppose uh, you know the league campaign wasn't great for us, um, and then moved on to Munster and. You know, not to get you wouldn't get carried away with Munster. You know, it's a different animal playing championship now in in two weeks' time. But yeah, it's certainly great to win Munster, and it's kind of a good test for us to, you know, to see how the team is doing and how you know certain players are doing and train out new players and new positions. And so it gives the management an opportunity to see what works and doesn't work. So yeah, look, we've two weeks left now to championship of training, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll start off kind of on the right foot. 
Was Munster very important this year, given that the league didn't go according to plan for yourselves? Yeah, um, of course, I suppose, to set a benchmark for ourselves. And look, I wouldn't say we had a whole pile done for the league. That's no excuse. You know, obviously you go to play and you want to win. And you want to win those games. So certainly coming into Munster and Championship, you do want to win. And, um, you know, we got beaten a few years ago by Limerick. And, you know, that kind of... Kind of, I suppose, maybe it was a kick that we needed going into the championship forward. But yeah, it's important to win things when things are there to be won. And as I said, it's a great opportunity for the management to see what's working and what's not. And it's good for the talent that's coming through. And overall, that conveyor belt's going quite well. And pushing ye established forces quite hard too. Yeah, like this year, I know in particular, I think our, our panel is, is a little bit bigger and... Um, you know, we have a few a few players um, from minor and intermediates from last year, and um, you know they're cer- certainly making their mark. And um, you know they had a, I suppose, a good opportunity during the league campaign and the Munster Championship. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting going forward you now to see. You know, certainly some of those players will be pushing for places. With two All Irelands in the bag, I mean, people talk of football. They talk about Dublin seeking five in a row. Within your own heads, are you talking about three in a row? No, we don't really talk about it. Um, I think we've mentioned it once, and then kind of said, okay, obviously it's there. It would be nice to do it, and then that's it. Kind of park it, leave it. Um, you know, you you don't deny the fact that it is there. But look, ultimately, you just want to go out and try win each game, um, and then you know, hopefully, then we will get to an Ireland final and, and, and then hopefully you do win it and, and, and then if you do get the three in a row it's all just a knock-on effect you don't ultimately go out you know a few years and say oh I'd like to you know, you know win an Ireland do the two in a row three in a row four you know I suppose we try not to get carried away with that but um, you know just kind of getting off on the right foot now and for the Clare game is the ultimate goal for now Clear first out. Obviously, you're in a six-team group. It includes Tipperary also. And people look at the group and they might say, "Oh, you're in the easier the two groups, and maybe be between yourselves and Tip that'll be top." But that's when you could slip up. Waterford have been an emerging force in the last couple of years. Dublin have been pressing hard. Mead can be sticky. Clear first time out won't be too easy to beat either. Yeah. Um you know, I suppose people might say that we're in an easier group. Um, you know, you've Galway and Kilkenny are playing each other in the first round. That'll be certainly a, a good marker for either of those teams. Um, look, yeah, the, the ultimate thing that I do personally, and I, th- and I think Cork um, tried to do over the last few years, is you just can't afford ever to get complacent, no matter how successful you are or, or what the scenario the year before is, because what has worked last year won't work this year. And, um, you know, every team is going out to win we're playing clear in clear so we'll definitely get a, a tough game off them and um, look um, if, if we if we get through the group stages then I suppose we're going to have maybe a hard semi-final you know so that's if we do get there and, and then obviously if not you're going into the playoffs and the quarter-finals so look you know you can't you can't be you know can't be cocky or thinking that because we have been there in the past and we're automatically going to get to a semi-final or an Ireland final you just have to win try and win each game as it comes and as you said you know the likes of Tipperary play them in Munster Championship they have some fine hurlers and you know we're definitely going to expect another tough game off them and it wasn't until the later stages of the game that we kind of pulled away but it wasn't really a true reflection on actually the whole game over the 60 minutes and you're saying there about like what worked last year might work this year. It has to be a total clean slate from year to year, I'm sure, even for a pretty successful team like yourselves. Yeah, um, you know, I suppose every athlete and every team in the world in sport kind of tries to change things a bit. Um, you know, you're always still going to have the, the, the same, the kind of... I don't know the backbone or the spine of the things that work well and you try to keep that but then you try to change the small things around it just to kind of counteract what other teams are going out to counteract your game plan and, and things like that so look yeah definitely we're trying to try, trying to come up with something new maybe up the tempo that, that bit more and just basically ultimately trying to work that a little bit harder what drives Gemma O'Connor to keep going year after year and keeping that hunger going are the times during the winter where you're going oh, do I really want another year of this yeah I know I suppose it's a mixture of madness and I don't know I love for it I suppose the fear of stopping as well um, 
I, sw- I know ultimately, like I suppose, when I finish up playing, I'll probably, you know, w- will take me a long time to get over not wearing a Cork jersey again, and that's all I know. Um, you know, I, I, I'm on the senior panel since 2002, and I've played up through the ranks underage, so I've always wore that Cork jersey. And look, I know I can't last forever, but um, yeah, I suppose just the motivation of wanting to play and wanting to wear that Cork jersey every year—that's, I suppose, that's what motivates me. And success, and when you see players coming through and the exciting talent that's there, what's there established within the squad as well? You know, it's it's not a hard decision, maybe in some ways, to get back involved. Yeah, um, I suppose I, uh, I spoke about this earlier. Um, you know, look, we're far from the perfect unit and the perfect setup, but you know, especially for me personally, like uh, it has, I, I do enjoy playing in that setup. You know, um, over the last number of years and having you know the same kind of you know the same management and the same group of players was an, a really deciding factor in me coming back this year. And then having you know the driving force of of the young ones from the minor and intermediate panel. Just so that things don't become stalemate, you know, um, was a massive deciding factor in my decision to come back. But yeah, um, you know, familiarity and continue, you know, being able to have that familiarity with the management and players um, for me was a massive reason why I said I'd come back. Is this a big year in some respects for yourself? Um, I suppose every year is kind of a big year. Um, look, uh, uh, people ask me being captain and the three in the row and all that. Like you know, um, look, I, just, I suppose ultimately you just want to win, and being captain is a great honour. And it would be, it would be, you know, it would be a great opportunity and an honour if, if we if we were to win. And there's no denying that. But you know, you try that's later down the road, hopefully, and. Um, you know, as I said, like you just don't want to get complacent. You just want to go out and perform and have a good performance every day, and hopefully that performance will, you know, will result in a win per championship game. What's the key to success? Is it kind of approaching it game by game, having that ultimate goal, but not having it too much in focus, maybe? Yeah, I think you have to have a focus and you have to have a goal. Um, if you don't have that, then you're kind of at nothing. You're kind of, you know, you're just going out, kind of, basically just going out playing games and hoping you're wi- to win. Um, obviously, our goal is to win, and obviously, our goal is to get to an Ireland final. Once you get to the Northern final, then your your goal is to, to win that Ireland final, and, and and you know. So I suppose each step you you create a new goal or a new focus. Um, so yeah, look, you have to create goals and objectives for yourselves, and I suppose that's that's what I personally do every year is just create that 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 new goal, you know. And we talked about having talent coming through and the importance of that. I mean, big stage this weekend, the All-Ireland Phelan in Cork and the amount of Cork clubs involved. You know, it's brilliant to see those young girls having that national opportunity on their home patch. Yeah, look, um, the Fela is a massive competition. I remember it growing up um, really well. Um, and it's a massive stepping stone, you know, of playing with your club, representing your club, um, playing with your friends, you know, being in the parade, seeing your families. It's a huge honour. Like, um, So, yeah, that in Cork now is a massive buzz at the weekend. Um, and it'll create a great vibe for both the, the boys and girls playing Fela. Like, so, yeah, look... I suppose Cork is in kind of a, a good place at the moment, you know, in terms of uh, you know the Camogie and even the ladies footballers. Yeah, great to hear from Gemma O'Connor there in conversation with Colleen Duffy at the launch of the Liberty Insurance All Ireland Championship. Great to hear what motivates Gemma as well and what keeps her going year after year after year. Um, so looking forward to another uh, great uh, summer of Camogie and hopefully a Cork All Ireland title at the end of it. In the Women's World Cup, it is uh, 87 minutes on the clock. England are leading Scotland by two goals to one. Nikita Paris and Ellen White with the goals for England. Claire M. Silly with the goal for Scotland. So they, uh, it's England to lead by two goals to one, but there's only about three minutes left in that game earlier on today. Brazil beat Jamaica 3-0 and Italy had a 2-1 win over Australia. And in the Nations League playoff, Portugal and Netherlands going head-to-head in about an hour's time as well. Right, just under four nights time, Cork and Kerry going head-to-head in the Munster Football Championship final. A lot of uh, people saying uh, Cork uh, have a real, real chance against the Kingdom following their impressive performance in the semi-final. But for the Kingdom's view, we're going to hear from uh, David Clifford. He's been chatting to Oshin Langan. Started your championship campaign over the weekend. You got a win away to Clare in Ennis. You're getting a little bit of criticism, but I think it's fair to say that 
Ennis is a tough place to go. It has been for Kerry teams over the last uh, couple of years, especially when you consider you hadn't a championship game going into it, and they did. Um, yeah, I suppose you could say that. Um, traditionally, in the last few years, Kerry have have always got a tough test up in Ennis, so that's exactly what we got, I suppose. Um, I suppose it's nice to, to be looking forward to a Munster final now, and um, we can... We can improve on a few things hopefully for, for the next day so yeah it was nice to nice to get going in the championship finally in some ways is that the ideal performance that you win it without impressing too much and it kind of gives you a bit of impetus a bit of drive going into the next game um, uh, I don't know I suppose ideally I suppose you'd like to be playing at your best all of the time I suppose but um, yeah like obviously it's great to have something to improve on and um, I suppose keeps fellas nice and hungry I suppose for, for getting better in, in the next three weeks what are you like after games? How much do you judge yourself or think about it or otherwise? Um, I suppose, yeah, it's only natural for, for for you to, I suppose, think your own performance and watch a bit of video and stuff and just see what you could have done better and try and learn from it, I suppose. Um, like, it's, I suppose it can be a bit, it's maybe not what you should, not possibly what you should be doing. You need to just, I suppose, just um, analyse it and then forget about it, I suppose, which that's what I try and do, do you know? Yeah, and I, look, I guess as well, there's no point in you thinking about it because that's why you have coaches. They'll they'll tell you, they'll point it out, won't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you said, that's, I suppose that's the, it's up to the coaches and just just to try and base our training the next few weeks now around the things we need to improve, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And how about yourself? And look, you're obviously aware of the attention that you get. You're obviously aware of the talk about you in All-Star in your first year in senior football, even though by Kerry standards, it didn't go particularly well as a year. So how do you handle the talk about you, the attention on you, and maybe even the expectation of you, which is something you've probably had for a couple of years. You've had to deal with it for a couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah, like I suppose it's just about trying to not take too much notice of it, I suppose. If you're going to be listening to everything that's going to be said about you, then you're not, you know, you're going to probably be driven a bit crazy. So um, I suppose it's just trying to about keep the head down and just trying to keep doing the same things and trying to keep improving, you know. And if there's any one place that will keep you grounded, in a good way, I think, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, you always hear the stories of fellas being referred to as minus three and minus two, and you're like, what does that mean? And it means they don't have the eight all Irelands that the legends had. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I suppose in, there's so many there's so many footballers in Kerry who've won so many things that I think if you can never, ever, ever get big-headed. So, yeah, I suppose it's great in a way, you know? Yeah. There's a good crop of you who have come through together, and obviously then there's that little layer of experience in the Kerry team with the likes of Paul Ganey and David Warren who are that bit older. That's a nice mix, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like um, you know, you need a bit of experience in the dressing room just so fellas are able to, I suppose, know the ropes. And then the group of us, I suppose, who've, who've a lot, the majority of fellas have played together in, in some shape or form. So it's great that um, you can, you know, you, you know each other, you know each other's games probably from from the last few years. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a coffee machine going off in the background here. I hope it's not cutting across the interview too much. But how do you relax? Do you have a coffee? Do you watch, uh, I was going to say DVDs, but of course your generation probably doesn't even know what a DVD is. Do you watch Netflix? Do you watch, uh, what do you do? Yeah, I do. I'm actually, I actually finished uh, Line of Duty there in the last few weeks. Very good series on Netflix. So it was class actually. Yeah, so just trying to uh, relax the same as I suppose anyone else does, you know. Now, what's Line of Duty? I've never heard of that one. Um, uh, it's a series, uh, a British-based series about kind of just the police force and oh, stuff. Oh, so. yeah, 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 the one with Adrian Dunbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and can you completely zone out? Do you need to do that? Do you need to not think about football? Or like, do you find it hard to switch off from football? I know, I suppose. Like, you, you have to switch off at times. You know, the body's going to get tired. You need to relax and stuff. So um, ah, it's fairly, fairly easy to switch off. Obviously, it's, it's great to keep focus and things, but you need to have a bit of downtime as well, you know? Just before I let you go, David... Um, you must be looking forward to the rest of the summer, just you know, getting out there, playing games, being part of a, a championship summer. Yeah, exactly. Like like you said earlier, it's just it's the championship. It's the time of year where everyone comes to life, I suppose, like you could say. And um, you know, we're going to have a massive challenge in three weeks' time, and where everyone is really looking forward to. It, I suppose the so I suppose it's the chase of just everyone trying to get themselves ready personally and get ready as a team and go out and hopefully put in a few big performances. David Clifford, thank you very much for joining us here at the launch of Avonmore's new protein milk blueberry flavour. The very best of luck to you and Kerry for the rest of the season. Perfect. Yeah, it's David Clifford there uh, speaking to Oshin Langan. Looking forward to that Cork and Kerry Munster final in Porky Cueve on a Saturday now. So it is. All right, it's going to wrap up all the weekend's Fela action. And uh, it's been a successful weekend for a couple of Cork sides. Colin Duffy looks back in the action. 
Well, Rory, it's certainly been a hectic weekend at the 2019 John West All-Ireland Failing and Nail Hurling and Camogie competitions. And, uh, well, 67 hurling teams and 44 camogie teams started out the weekend from a Cork perspective. A lot of those making finals and, uh, well, some mixed results. And uh, But uh, there's plenty of uh, tired bodies I'm sure after what was a hectic weekend of action. There was disappointment for Cork Outfits in the uh, top uh, couple of finals proper. Um, in the cup final in Division 1, Napiersig getting to the final, but unfortunately losing out to Turlock Moore of Galway by 3-6 to 1-1 in Toker. Napiersig had beaten Middleton, of course, in the semi-final at the same venue a little bit earlier on, but it's a hat-trick uh, for one of the Turlock Moore players ensuring that they took the silver, where, of course, Farmer Wilners of the Christie Ring title are Turlock more in the shield though uh, well better news here uh, Aaron's own were 1-6 to 7 point winners they had to dig deep though after extra time against Nace of Kildare before getting that 2 point win also in Toker earlier in the day in Toker in the semi-final Aaron's own had a 1-12 to 1-4 win over Carrick Tuhill Division 2 Cup final disappointment for Valley Rover of Cork. They lost out to Offaly's Kilcormac Kalahi won six to six points. Uh, Valley Rovers had beaten Loch Gill Shamrocks of Antrim in the semi-final while Kilcormac Kalahi had overcome Ballincollig in their last four clash. In the Shield in Division 2 an all-Cork decider here. Uh, Inish Cara coming out on top against Bride Rovers. 2-5 to a point. It finished in the end in Bishopstown. Indeed, three of the four semi-finalists there were Cork teams. Y'all also reaching the last four. In Division 3 of the Cup competition. Castle Knock were winners over Glen Rovers 1-12 to 3 points and the Dublin side taking the Division 3 Cup title in Ballincollig. Also in Ballincollig earlier in the Shield competition there was better news from a Cork perspective Watergrass Hill edging St James of Wexford by the minimum 1-4 to 1-3 it finished there. Moving then uh, to other competitions involving Cork teams in final action and in Division 5, well, Cup success going to Bandon. Well, it took them extra time, though. They beat four roads of Roscommon by 4-8 to three goals and five points. Michael Dwyers and Corsi Rovers were two other Cork sides that made the semi-finals there. In the Shields competition, Iben Gales were up against O'Rahillies of down and it was O'Rahillies who won that encounter 4-4 to one goal and three points in the end. Division 6 Cup success for Killy St. Eases. They were 3-8 to four point winners over Mullinavata of Kilkenny in Ovens and Shield success in Division 6 of the Cup going to Bally Giblin after their 2-3 to 4 points win over Park Pierce's of Roscommon. In Division 7 um, disappointment for Granite here. They lost out in the Cup final to Rory Oak of Cushendall in Antrim 2-7 to 4 points in Coachford while the Division 7 Shield title went to Dorless Oak of Tipperary Cagnavar losing out here by the minimum margin it finished doorless oak of tipperary 2-3 cardinavar of cork two goals and two points Division 8 Cup success went to Bennett's Bridge of Kilkenny. They had a six points to four win over Bishopstown in the final. And in the uh, Shield in Division 8, of course, Ahan Gales were in action here, but unfortunately losing out to Castle Blaney of Monaghan 2-3 to a point. Division 9 Cup success went to Longford Slashers. They were 3-3 to 1-1 winners over St. Mark's, of course, of Cork. Shield success in that one went to Karen Dunna from Donegal. Division 10, Cup Final, uh, Michal Brannocks of Galway, the winners there. And the uh, Shield title went to St. Dominic's of Roscommon. Turning to Camogie then, and an all-Cork decider in Division 1 of the Cup Final, Airhog 
beating Sarsfields five points to two at the Cork Camogie Grounds. Sarsfields led two points to no score at half time, but five unanswered scores for Aerog in the second half saw them take silverware. Disappointment uh, for Newcastle West in that Shield final. They lost out to Dixborough by a goal. In Division 2 of the Cup, success here also for Cork. Clonakilty taking silver. 2-5 to 1-3 winners over Lockyield Shamrocks. Clonakilty had beaten Middleton in the semi-final. Division 2 Cup, or sorry, Shield success went to Nace of Kildare after their win over St Mullins of Carlow. Town and St Finbars, the beat and semi-finalists in that particular in competition. Ardrahan taking Division 3 Cup success from Galway. St. Ibers with the Shield title after their final win over Kilmally of Clare. Division 4 Cup success went to Mykarki Boris. They were victors over Mallow after extra time in that particular final, while Bishopstown lost out the Shield decider to De La Salle of Waterford 1-3 to a point. Division 5 Cup Camogie honours went to Ballyhay of Cork, 1-8 to 4 points winners over Causeway and Shield honours going uh, well shared between Grana and Bray Emmett. It finished Bray Emmett 2-1, Grana 1-4 after extra time. Division 6 Cup success to 4 roads of Common. They had a 3-1 to 1-2 win in the final over Nemo Rangers in Mayfield, while it was Ockram of Wicklow who took the shield encounter there. Colleen Duffy for Cork's Red FM Sport. Yeah, thanks for that, Colleen. Wrapping up all today's action at uh, Fail uh, across the county. A hugely successful weekend. I'm sure many memories made by all the teams uh, playing in it. As I said, uh, I live in Watergrass Hill. Watergrass Hill won. They had their victory parade uh, down through the village today. And uh, it looked fantastic, judging from on Twitter. And they, all the players really, really delighted. So that's what Fela means uh, to all the players. All right, we're nearly out of time. I'm just going to quickly hear from uh, Limerick boss uh, John Kiley after their comprehensive win over Clare today in the Munster uh, Hurling Championship. He's been speaking to Valerie Wheeler. <laughs> Alright, who wants to kick it off? John, what a performance It was a good performance, yeah It was, uh, absolutely From start to finish really, you know um, We set the tempo of the game, I think, ourselves Early doors um, I think we, you know what, what we were trying to probably do For the last two years we, Which we didn't do Was just get our, our set up right and our, our, our process right And we got it right today from the very world go and fell stuck to it from start to finish. Um, I think we really, we really worked very, very hard, and we were, our use of the ball was exceptionally good today. I think you know we didn't waste very much ball, and if we did turn over, we went back and got it back again. Um, up front, I think we created great space and the boys attacked the space really hard, and uh, our efficiency up front was probably the best it's been all year as well. John, did the implications of a defeat really concentrate the mind today? The implications of defeat? I can tell you one thing, it more than focus the mind. Uh, when you think you're going to, you know, when you know that should you not produce the goods on Sunday and you're going to be gone out of it, for us that was, uh, it was an inconceivable thought, let alone a reality. And there was no way we were going to let it go today and that we were going to exit the championship at this early stage. Um, it, it was just inconceivable. And... You know, listen, three weeks ago we, we, we put in a really poor performance here. We knew that wasn't where we were at. Uh, we had to build for two weeks to get the performance last Sunday below in Walsh Park to give ourselves a chance here today. And it was hugely important that we gave ourselves that chance going back to our own home ground and with all our support here as well. And, you know, there was no way we were going to let down our, our support today by putting in a performance that wasn't anything but, you know, the very best we could get out of ourselves because, you know, they've, they've come along the road with us in this journey for the last two years and you know it just wouldn't have been good enough and they certainly turned in an excellent performance uh, today and as I went over at Clare uh, up at the Gaelic Grounds we're out of time thank you very much indeed for tuning our way just a full time result from the Women's World Cup England have beaten Scotland by two goals to one you can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench and uh, you can get in touch with us that way we are back next Saturday from 6pm Alan Donovan's up next with Green on Red three hours of the best Irish music uh, coming your way so enjoy the rest of your Sunday night folks and uh, we'll talk to you next week at 6pm